Welcome to the LA Sports Roundtable. This is the HAF. With me is the Toyonator, Matt Montoya. Ooh, he gonna turn left. And you know what he gonna do? He gonna <laughs> turn left. Right after that, he gonna turn left. And in case you were wondering last time, he's gonna turn left. We're here podcasting the LA Sports Roundtable to you from RT1 Studios here at the Roundtable. We talk L.A. sports. Yeah, I mean, they, we're one of those athletic teams where we have to really move the ball and, and uh, make things happen uh, by motion. And uh, if, we stop, if we stop moving, uh, we're not a good basketball team. So we have to move the ball and get guys in their positions and, and uh, just make shots. To those of you who listen, thank you. And please give us a shout out and a follow on Twitter and Instagram at L.A. Sports RT1. In this episode, we're going to discuss the return of MLB and the NBA. We're going to talk about how the Lakers and Clippers looked in the return to play along with the ridiculousness of the Joe Kelly suspension. We also have our Who's Better segment, which will compare two LA players and we'll decide who's better. Montoya, the MLB has already started. The NBA is in their bubble in Orlando, and the NFL continues to grapple with what they're going to do, and they've already canceled the preseason already with talks of having a reduced season themselves. Interesting events have taken place in the NBA bubble, which is where we'll start. The friendly turncoat from Boston, Rajan Rondo, broke his hand and he had to have surgery, which means he'll be out six to eight weeks. Rondo will never back down from a challenge and will give his all, but he breaks down. This time, while he was just practicing, Zion Williamson, Baby Barkley has left the bubble. Two losers got caught for leaving the bubble. Bruno Caboclo of the Rockets and King Center Rashawn Holmes. So, already points brought up here previously at the LA Sports Roundtable have begun to unfold. What else will happen? According to the Orange County Register, the NBA announced that since July 1st, 19 players have tested positive for the virus, including James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Mark Keefe and Marcus Morris have reported recently to the Lakers and Clippers in the bubble late. No reason has been provided. But it wouldn't be surprising if they are among the 19 players. But what's up with the secrecy and 
what's going on. So Toya, the LA Times and the Lakers just defeated the Clippers as of the time we're recording this podcast, 103 to 101. And it was a very close game. And the Lakers started Contavious Caldwell Pope in place of Avery Bradley. What do you think about the Lakers choosing to start KCP over Alex Caruso or Dion Waiters? And how effective do you think KCP is at impacting the game? Well, the first thing that I also wanted to start off with was I missed the last podcast because I myself got COVID. But um, I did say in a podcast previous to my getting COVID that once an NBA player got into the bubble, there was going to be an opportunity for someone to get caught either with a hooker or at a strip club. And I just wanted to quote Wesley Snipes and say, heart goddamn work being this good. <laughs> now, to answer your question, you know, with the game tonight, Anthony Davis just killed it. Montoya, are you there? Going on. He didn't contribute a lot points-wise. He did play. Let me look at that exact. What's that? You disappeared for a moment. Oh. Okay. You were saying something to the effect that Anthony Davis had a monster game. Anthony Davis had a monster game. He played 35 minutes and contributed 34 points. That is amazing. The next closest player in this game was Kawhi Leonard at 33 minutes and 28 points, followed by LeBron James, who played 34 minutes and contributed 16 points. But the player that you were asking about, um, I don't know how to say it. I, I know we, everybody refers to him as KCP, but he, from a defensive standpoint, looked like he had a great game. But offensively, he was terrible. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about the Lakers choosing to start KCP instead of Alex Caruso? Um, I actually think that they were fairly the same. Alex Caruso had a couple more rebounds, but otherwise they both pl- – uh, Alex Caruso played 28 minutes. KCP played 29 minutes. Caruso had seven points. KCP had six. They both had two assists, but Alex Caruso had four rebounds and KCP had one. So I really don't think it made that much of a difference because their their stats for the game were pretty identical. Um, the, the surprising stats that I see is J.R. Smith. He played eight minutes and contributed nothing. Yes, and... To be honest, I'm glad he only played eight minutes. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping he doesn't play more minutes than uh, what he played tonight going forward. Yeah, based off of the stat line, he's terrible. The only person who did less in the entire game is Amir Coffey, who played five minutes. And actually, he got three points. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and uh, going back to the question, I I – See why Vogel is going with KCP in the starting lineup because 
KCP did start some games earlier on in the season. However, I'm thinking if Alex Caruso has more time with that first unit, it'll be more beneficial for the Lakers. And you saw that tonight with the Lakers getting, a, I, w- I don't want to say a comfortable lead, but the, they had a lead and the Clippers came right back to, you know, and uh, in the game and took the lead. And the Lakers had to fight back to win the game. So, I, you know. I do agree that Alex Crusoe is the better player. I just don't know that uh, – um, I don't know why KCP was starting. But I, I agree with everything that you're saying. If he gets more reps with the first team, it's going to be a better experience. And I agree with you there. And uh, that's, you know, in line with what I was saying. And, you know, going back to the game, you mentioned that Anthony Davis had a monster game. And that's pretty much why the Lakers were able to win the game was because of Anthony Davis. And he did have like a couple threes in a row, you know, uh, showing that he is a threat from not only the inside, but the outside. And that's what they need from him as a big guy. But I mean, let's look at it from the perspective of the ratio. I mean, he was almost at a point a minute for every minute he played. He almost scored a point. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, I would I would think he would have had some more rebounds than eight. You know, I mean, it's just amazing. LeBron had eleven rebounds, and, and seven, uh, LeBron also had seven assists, where uh, Anthony Davis only had four. But to average almost a point a minute is just, and to play that many minutes, that's just amazing. And you know, Anthony Davis didn't play in the final scrimmage because of an eye injury. He was seen practicing in goggles, sort of like James Worthy style, but not was, not like that. They were more hip. But I was going to say, like Bill Beer. <laughs> you know, and uh, I don't remember Bill Beer with the goggles, by the way. But uh, uh, Davis, Davis had no glasses on tonight. And what do you think about that? You know, like he had an eye injury. He was playing with some goggles and he decides not to wear them tonight. I'm going to say that it was a good move. Um, Obviously, if you look at his stats, um, he killed it. So I think he shouldn't wear them again. Yeah, well, if he gets poked in the eye, you know, and re-injures that eye and misses some significant time, That'll be telling that he should be wearing the goggles, you know, but uh, I'm thinking the goggles obviously impede him in some way, because if he had that serious of an eye injury and he chose not to wear the goggles tonight, there's something that's bothering him with those goggles. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe. And, you know, talking about the Morris twins did not show up to the bubble on time, but both of them, were available to play in the game. However, both of the Morris twins, who the Lakers and the Clippers acquired, did not have a significant impact on the game tonight. What do you think about that? What does that suggest about the Morris twins? That they're still adjusting to the new system, their teammates. I don't think it has – I think it's too early to make any type of – comment about that at this point because if you look at Markeith 
he really he was in he played three minutes. So I mean, you, you really can't make any type of um, you 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 can't make any type of valid assessment off of three minutes. And but do you think that is because they showed up to the bubble late? And do you think that could be an effect from recovering from the virus? Possibly, but as someone who had the virus and prior to the virus, you know, I I was in terrible shape absolutely terrible shape i was near 300 pounds and um you know the virus didn't have a huge effect on me i have made some it did help me change some eating habits and i have since lost 30 pounds but if it didn't affect me where i have type a blood and you know i use a cpap and i had all of the the warning signs that i should have been on a ventilator um I think these athletes who are in tip-top shape are going to rebound even faster than I did with less complications. We'll see, but obviously they didn't have an effect tonight. Um, and I, I, the NBA I think they did release. Chemistry. What's that? I think that's more about chemistry. Mm-hmm. Well, the NBA did release a stat that stated zero players have tested uh, positive in the recent round of tests. So they're trying to show that their bubble is working, you know, by your favorite commissioner, Adam douchebag, (laughs) Jersey ad, love and silver. So is the bubble, is the bubble working despite the fact that a couple guys were caught and uh, the whole Lou Williams uh, story? Uh, the the Lou Williams story. I mean, like I said, I predicted that that you've had a, a bunch of guys in their twenties with a shitload of money and uh, testosterone just oozing out of them. I honestly just think that they should have probably brought in some hookers and just you know paid them by the week just to live there. Huh? <laughs> I mean, honestly, let's just let's just call it what it is. Like you know, for the guys who are single, just bring in a little something and. Let them at least you can control. Um, once they're in the bubble, you can control the virus better that way because you know this is going to happen. There's going to be people sneaking out. Well, other than the fact that that would be completely illegal to do something like that, you know. <laughs> but but you're talking that would make the bubble completely foolproof. Yes. You know. Well, I mean, they they could just go the same route as the Patriots owner and call the masseuses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the the person who I find the most interesting having come down with the virus and losing a lot of weight is going to be uh, Nikola Jokic for the Nuggets. Um, I don't know how the Joker is going to fare with his new thinner frame. Yes, he's going to have more endurance, but basically with the, the position that he plays, I'm interested to see how he gets pushed around. Well, maybe, you know, he, he got the virus on purpose. So he would be more like uh, Yvonne Drago and less like King Kong Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> either, way, either way, he still looks like a convict. And, yeah, it'll be interesting how he asserts himself if he is in tip-top shape, as you say. 
and as has been reported about Jokic, you know. But uh, going back to I, the Lakers and Clippers, you know, um, Frank Vogel and Doc Rivers were acting like they didn't know anything about the Morris twins. What do you think that suggests? Um, they're playing dumb. I, I don't know what the I, – I don't see a benefit to playing dumb, but um, they're just playing absolutely stupid with that. Well, the Reg- Orange County Register article cites that the league stated the uh, – <coughs> excuse me, HIPAA regulations and the fact that you can't just disclose – you know, information, personal information, such as uh, who tested positive for the virus, you know, so they have to play dumb, don't you think? Absolutely, especially without that player's permission. But it looks like Marcus Morris played 19 minutes and he didn't score any points. He did have, uh, he had a better showing than his brother did, but it, it still it's still pretty terrible that neither one of them scored a single point. Uh Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, what do you think about the whole setup of the, what so-called arena that they were set up in? They had these, uh, you know, like this uh, Oculus type display um, behind the bench that went around, you know, the arena and, Mm -hmm. uh, they put fans and I don't know if they were like real fans on webcams, um, you know, but uh, they're putting fans that it looked like that were on webcams on screen, (laughs) you know, to make it look like people were at the game. What do you think about that? It's a waste of internet bandwidth. Yeah. It looks completely fake, completely fake. Well, and then when you look at those ads, I mean, I used to work for East West Bank. And when you see the East West Bank logo everywhere, when because I did watch warm-ups of one of the games and then I needed to take care of my kids. But uh, as they were going through the motions of showing, you know, kind of panning across the arena, it just said East West Bank, East West Bank, East West Bank everywhere. And I don't even think they have a presence in Florida. So I realized that they want to keep the local sponsors for each team. And it was it was a Lakers home game, but at least like when they're at Staples, the ads change a little bit. Um, I didn't see that East West banner go away. You know, I didn't I didn't see any East West during the game, but I saw on the court like uh, UCLA Health and something like that, and there was something else like Jack in the yeah. Box. You know, but. Yeah. Uh, but it looked like it was it wasn't on the court. It looked like the screen like through an overlay. Yeah, graphic uh like overlay. CGI something. You know, it was yeah. like a computer generated. It wasn't like uh imprinted on the court. That no, I, the... I thought was kind of obvious. Um I didn't see it, but I I trust your judgment on that. And yeah, that's really ridiculous. You know, because they're going to use the same core for multiple teams. And they want, like you said, keep the local sponsors and stuff. So, you know, and uh, but uh, uh, other than that, I mean, it looked like a completely small arena. 
Um, uh huh. Looked like a, it looked like a Division two college game. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, sort of like almost like uh, the Lakers practice facility in El Segundo. Yeah. You know, that's exactly where they have their G League team play. It looked a little bit bigger than that, but yeah, it reminded me of a Division II arena, which is just a slightly bigger step up from a high school gym. Yeah, and uh, they they were maintaining social distancing on the bench. I thought that was kind of interesting because you have all these guys in the same bubble, and they're all getting tested every day. And you have uh, the seats on the bench, like three different rows, you know, and all the seats are spaced out. And I thought, well, why are you going to, you know, what's the, what's the bother of even doing that? You know, you're already in the same bubble and you're already going to be, you're up against each other playing in the same game. <laughs> well, the whole thing is the NBA sees itself as uh, um, someone who should set the example. Mm-hmm. So even though they're in the bubble, I think they're just trying to have some social responsibility in setting the example. Right. Well, and you know, yeah, I agree with you there, setting the example and stuff. And you had like uh, the non, uh, uh, the personnel on each team who weren't players all like in masks and stuff. And uh, you know, and uh, uh they had like people behind plexiglass, I guess, you know, managing the play clock and all that stuff. So they're trying to well, model all of that. No, absolutely. And I mean, like when I've gone back to the office now that I've recovered from COVID, but the company, right. You know, my company has always required that we wear masks when we're not at our desk. I have an office, so, you know, I don't wear a mask that often because I have that whole room to myself and I just close my door. But when I go to the restroom, we share a restroom, you know, on the floor with other companies. And there's a company next door to us where those people don't wear masks. And if you have to go to the bathroom bad enough, you could be standing, you know, right next to somebody who's not wearing a mask. And that's how the virus is spreading. So I appreciate the fact, as someone who did get COVID, that the NBA is attempting to set the example. And hopefully some people in that company next door to mine actually see that the NBA is doing this and start wearing masks. And you think, especially like in a shared bathroom, you know, and you're going oh, in somewhere, yeah, without a, someone not wearing a mask. And if they, you I, know, like uh, it's a close space and they're breathing in there and if they cough in there and all that. So I, well now I, I stand outside and wait for them, but sometimes it's four, it's like four or five people deep. Like how long can you hold it? Right. But that's a completely <laughs> different conversation but what I, what I was trying to do is tie that to the fact that you know here's a company that's not taking this seriously but the NBA even with all the precautions of the bubble is still trying to set a positive example and I appreciate it uh-huh. all right well what about a player who was absent in tonight's game Toya the friendly turncoat from Boston Rajon Rondo whom I used to really hate, broke his thumb. He wasn't in the game. He's going to miss some time. He's planning on coming back, playoff time. How do you think that will impact the Lakers in Orlando, Toya? I think it's going to be a great opportunity. He'll be even more rested than he was. Um, You know, he has that experience in the playoffs. The only team I really worry about him playing 
is the Clippers because of Doc Rivers. Why is that? Who's going to know? He he knows Rondo. He's going to know how to get in his head. He's going to know how to mess with him. Um, he's going to know how to push his buttons. Well, the announcer said tonight on uh, the Lakers broadcast that these two teams will probably meet again, and it'll be interesting to me or see if they meet in the playoffs and if something like that happens. And I'm not saying that Doc Rivers absolutely knows how to get in his head, but um, he does know Rondo really, really well. Mm-hmm. well and so when you, when you know a player really well, you know what, th- what motivates him and you know what throws him off. And so um, while he has that experience, it's just a matter of how disciplined can he be to not get thrown off by whatever it is that Doc Rivers throws at him. Right. Well, yeah, that'll be interesting to see once he comes back. But, you know, if, um, like we saw with Dion Waiters tonight stepping in and having an impact, you know, if Dion Waiters continues to uh, have an impact in, in, you know, a benefit, be a benefit for the Lakers, it'll, see, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Rondo gets uh, some minutes when he does come back. I think that Rondo's definitely going to get minutes. And the biggest reason for that is, is it's just his experience level. I mean, the guy has rings. And one of the reasons why they brought him to the Lakers was they needed some veteran presence. It's going to be kind of like when uh, Chauncey Billups came home to Denver. And, you know, um, um, what's, what's his name from Syracuse? Why can't I think of his name? Carmelo. Um, Carmelo Anthony was there. But who was the real um, leader on that team? It was um, uh, he was. Why can't I think of his name now? He played for the Clippers. He ended up Chauncey's. It was really, it was really Chauncey's team. Chauncey was the leader, mm-hmm. and I just kind of feel like Rondo's coming in. Even though they have LeBron, you know, he can be that leader. He can be the defensive leader because I really just view LeBron. It's kind of like being the quarterback, whereas Rondo's a little bit more the linebacker. You know. He's the one calling the plays in the huddle when it comes to the defensive side. Yeah, he is smart in that regards, you know. But I was kind of impressed with uh, Waiters, even though he didn't have much time with the Lakers practicing at all, and he didn't play with the Lakers at all before uh, the league shut down, you know. Oh, no, I'm, I'm definitely in agreement with you there. The, real, the only real value that Rondo brings is the experience. Yeah, in 21 minutes, uh, Waiters had 11 points. So yeah. I, I'm pretty surprised with his uh, impact right off the bat, just scoring 11 points in 21 minutes. We'll see if with that a bunch cuts of guys in. You're not, especially when you consider that he doesn't have a lot of chemistry with these guys. Like That, that speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So other than that, you did mention previously the snitch line the NBA put in place, and it has been in effect. And guess what, Toya? Your favorite boy, Dwight Howard, after Adam Douchebag, Jersey Ad, Love and Silver, said somebody <laughs> told on him for not wearing a mask. Dwight, 3 plus 9 equals 12, 
officially received a warning <laughs> from the NBA. Yahoo Sports actually reported he may have snitched on himself. What do you make of this? <laughs> it's typical Dwight Howard. I didn't want to look like a coward, but I'm going to snitch on myself so I can get out of play. <laughs> well, he received a warning, no discipline like he can't play. But what's interesting here is, you know, if Yahoo Sports report, reports that he may have snitched on himself, he may just want the publicity. <laughs> but I'll tell you this, when Dwight Howard was interviewed, he acted like, you know, he, he didn't mention that at all. And he acted like somebody uh, snitched on him. Honestly, he is so mentally unstable that I, I, I seriously could see him snitching on himself and forgetting he did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I actually didn't know that he said, or that I didn't know about the Yahoo article about uh, him snitching on himself, but it's totally believable. <laughs> yeah. How funny is that? Dwight Howard trying to get in the limelight any way possible. Oh, yes. Like a social media, um, like somebody trying to, to uh, promote their brand on social media. There's no such thing as bad media. Right. And uh, he is, you know, obviously still missing the limelight from a few years ago when he was considered very significant. But uh, other than that, look at his, you know. Look, look at his stats tonight to see how insignificant he is. Yeah. Well, you know, he he didn't have a big impact in the game, I'll say that. But you know what? Uh, he only played 13 minutes. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And at the same time, they played JaVale McGee only 11 minutes. And once the Clippers got the lead, they went small ball in the, effect, in the sense that they put Anthony Davis at the five and they put McGee and uh, Howard, you know, they left him on the bench. And that's when the Lakers were really, really able to come back and get the lead again. And then uh, we're just able to hold on at the end. So. It is, it is a bit worrisome. Not that the Clippers aren't good, but the Lakers should have had a, a more dominant um, showing than winning by one. Right. You know, and, um, but that, you know, that could be a little bit with uh, the whole scenario and the time off and all that, you know, but. Um, oh, very true. Yeah. Um, but how correct were we in saying players would try to leave the bubble like Bruno Caboclo of the Rockets and the King Center, Rashawn Holmes? Well, again, you have a bunch of guys who are not married under the age of 30 and have a lot of money. What's the one thing that they're going to want? They're going to want female attention. And so they went to find female attention. Mm-hmm. I, that, that was a given. I mean, in the same way people need air. It was a given. Well, you know what, Montoya? We're going to premiere a brand new segment that B brought up called Who You Got. And now that we have some sports back, we're going to do that real quick with the Lakers and Clippers next few games. Who You Got. So 
Okay. Let's let's start with the Lakers. What do you think? Um, well, I hold on. I'll I'll go over the schedule to you. Saturday, August first. Who you got? Lakers or Raptors? Lakers. I'm gonna go with you, Lakers. There. Monday, August third. Who you got? Lakers, Jazz. I'm gonna go with the Lakers against the Jazz. I'm gonna agree with you there, Lakers too. Wednesday, August fifth. You got Thunder Lakers. Who you got? It really just depends on the status of a few players, but um, based off the fact that I don't anticipate they're going to be there, I'm going to go with the Lakers. I agree with you. I go with the Lakers over the Thunder. Thursday, August 6th, who you got? Lakers Rockets. Um, Based off of some of the COVID positive tests, I'm going to go with the Lakers. Uh Not that I wasn't going to go with the Lakers anyway, but that just weakens the Rockets team. Okay. So I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with the Lakers. So that would put the Lakers at five games in a row winning streak. If that's all true, because we're all in agreement. What about Saturday, August 8th? It's not too far away, but Lakers Pacers, who you got? Um, I'm going to go with the Lakers. I don't, I can't think of a reason at all that the Pacers would beat them. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with the Lakers, especially if Lodipo is still not playing. So that covers the next five games after the first restart game between the Lakers and Clippers. Next, let's go next five games for the Clippers. Saturday, August 1st, who you got? Pelicans over the or the Clippers? Oh, Clippers. Okay, I agree with you. Clippers. Tuesday, August 4th, Suns or Clippers? Um, you said the fourth, um, that's the Suns. I am going to go with the Clippers. I agree with you. I'm going to take the Clippers too. Thursday, August 6th, Clippers or Mavericks? Um, I think I'm going to go with the Mavericks in an upset. I'm going to agree with you there. I'm going to take the Mavericks. And what about Saturday, August 8th, Clippers or Trailblazers? That's going to be a tight tight game that's going to be a coin toss um i'm going to go with the trailblazers i'm going to go with the trailblazers too just because you have yusuf nurchich back and so in the fifth game for the clippers will be against the nets sunday august 9th who do you got i got the clippers that's not they shouldn't even play that game i agree that's going to be the clippers so we got the clippers three and two their next five games, and we got the Lakers five and zero. Their next five games, so that'll be interesting. You know, I, I have one more thing I want to bring up. The game that I think is going to be the most interesting is August twelfth, and that's going to be the Clippers and the Nuggets, because I think the winner of that game is going to be who the Lakers end up playing in the um, the Western Conference uh, Championship or the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That will be a good game either way. Who do you got in that game? Wednesday, August 12th. It really just depends. I need to see how Jokic is going to play at the lighter weight. If it doesn't affect him and he has uh, more stamina, I'm going to take the Nuggets. But if he's just getting pushed off the line, 
then it's no contest. The, the Nuggets can just consider themselves done. If he's back, either way, I'm going with the or the Nuggets or over the Clippers on Wednesday, August 12th. So, really, I I really think that it's going to be up to to joke it to the Joker. Um, if he is not playing well at this lighter weight, um, I think that the Nuggets are going to go from a potential contender to a mega pretender quickly. Well, we'll see. But uh, either way, they're still going to probably be in the playoffs. So, you know, that's going to be the truer test, in my opinion. I agree with you. Yeah. Well, in MLB, their shortened season has begun. As the NBA held scrimmages, MLB began their season with no isolated bubble with teams playing at their home ballparks. Some players have expressed concerns, and we've discussed previously players who've opted out and won't play. The first few baseball games of the season have seen some good baseball already. We've seen a sample size with new players in new uniforms, such as one Mookie Betts of the Dodgers. Mookie's had some flashy moments, but he's batting 200 after six games. Rob Scam Bread, the worst commissioner in sports with Adam Douchebag, Jersey Ad, Living Silver, a close second, has allowed for Joe Kelly of the Dodgers to be suspended eight games for throwing at Carlos Correa and taunting Correa with a look on his face as he was walking to the Dodgers dugout after striking Correa out. This is an insult to injury, and Rob has bred a scam and is continuing to scam us, the fans, out of justice. <laughs> the Blue Jays have had to find an alternate side to play in since they can't play in Toronto. They've been denied by Pittsburgh to hold their home games there, but the Orioles are going to let them play their home games at their ballpark in Baltimore. 11 empires have opted out, which caused me to think the MLB plan to expose the players or will cause the players to be exposed to the virus without this bubble like the NBA. The NBA plan seems foolproof, led by Adam Douchebag, Jersey and Levin Silver, who drives the loves in Bordentown, New Jersey. But with the anticipated positives in both leagues, how far will we get with the return of live sports? Already, there's been an outbreak with the Miami Marlins. Several players tested positive for the virus, causing games involving them and other teams postponed as a result. The Marlins games have been canceled through Sunday, August 2nd. MLB insists the season will continue. And the side note, Alex Rodriguez, another douchebag, who may bid on the Mets with J-Ho, called on players to accept a salary cap. So, Toya, what do you think about the severity of the eight-game suspension handed down on Joe Kelly by MLB? I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Houston cheated. They cheated the Dodgers specifically out of rings, Tom Brady style. And they they should take their lumps. I mean, these guys took away opportunities from other players who were doing the right thing. I think that this is absolutely bullshit. Eight games is too much. Oh, it's and way too many games. He didn't even hit the batter. He brushed the batter off the plate, you know, by throwing at his – I mean, I think he threw at his head, but still, you know, I mean, he didn't hit him in the head. He didn't hit him anywhere. And the fact that they gave him eight games to protect – the asterisk is disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. 
I'm in, I'm a hundred percent in agreement. 100% agreement. And if you think about it, they were saying in the media that Kelly, oh, he wasn't on the 17 Dodgers team. But you know what? He was on the 17 Boston Red Sox that was defeated by the Houston Asterisks in the playoffs. So, you know, I don't, I mean, to say, oh, he had no reason to throw at Korea or, you know, or, and then I don't know if you saw Bregman, Bregman, uh, he was brushed off the plate. I don't know if that was also by Joe Kelly, but Bregman, you know, he was, it was so funny because he was interviewed after the game and he was uh, trying to just brush aside the questions related to him being thrown at because of the whole scandal. And, you know, I don't know why MLB is trying to make a statement with eight games with Joe Kelly, which, according to Ken Rosenthal on Twitter, would equate to 22 games in a regular 162-game season. Now, are you, are you telling me in a 60-game season you're going to suspend a guy eight games for throwing at a guy who probably deserved to get thrown at? Korea. Well, it's eight consecutive games, right? So it's not like it's going to follow his rotation, is it? Well, he's a reliever. So those are um, eight games I, you're completely taking him out of. He true. could be available for every single one as a reliever. And now you're taking <laughs> away that availability completely. And you're hurting the Dodgers' season. In a 60-game, yeah. Like 22 games. And that, I think completely is ridiculous he gets suspended number one they didn't even well, throw him out of the game you know well, how can other, you suspend a guy if you don't even throw him out of the game the other downside of this for the dodgers is also going to be like um colorado started off really red hot and they did all of that on the road so when they get home that's traditionally where they're the strongest and this is going to have an impact on that pennant race I uh-huh. really don't believe that Colorado is going to win, but it's going to have an impact on the race with this short season and that length of a suspension. Yes, you know, like you you previously made a point about teams getting hot, especially these young teams. What if a young team gets hot all the way through 60 games, you know, versus having to remain hot for a 162-game season? Like yeah. you see every year with the, uh, the A's. Yeah, the A's, you know, in this shortened season, especially with the way they've been so up and down, they have a legit shot. And uh, I don't know if you saw the Angels play at the Oakland Coliseum. You know, it seemed like some big, big cave, you know, that they are playing in. And I uh, thought that was kind of uh, interesting there. And uh, I- at the same time, were you going to say something? I was just going to say you can go ahead and stick a fork in the Angels with uh, Trout being on maternity leave. It's done. And Trout is another side note I should have mentioned. Just went on paternity leave due to the birth of his first child. Now that's going to completely screw over the Angels. Yeah, the, the Angels season is done. You can just stick a fork in that you know. Did you hear how long he's going to be out on paternity leave? 
I didn't, but without him. Shit, sorry about that. Um, without him in the lineup, you can just consider it done. It's over with. Right. And, um, you know, the Dodgers had to go to Houston for two games. And obviously that's when Joe Kelly got suspended in the first game. Dodgers defeated the asterisks in their second game, which went into extra innings. And, you know, talking about all these new rules and crap, you know, that's where we saw the runner on second base beginning in extra innings. And this game, I think, went 13 damn innings or something, man. And, you know, starting these guys are uh, on second base. And they're putting the guy who was uh, the last man out from the previous inning on second base. I'm like, what the hell are they doing? This is, oh, and check this out. So the Dodgers score, and it gets to two to one. And then the Astros come up, and they put a guy on second base. You know, they, they immediately score, and it's two to two, and it, the game keeps going. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, this is stupid. Yeah, it's it's almost counteracts any ability that putting somebody on second base would have had to put them both on second base. Like it's just making more scoring. Yeah. And in this case, you just, uh, you know, both teams scored because of the guy is on second base. And what do you do? You extend the game. You're doing exactly what you don't want to do just from manipulating with the game, you know? So I hate that. I hate that new rule. Well, Number one. honestly, I think more scoring is what baseball needs. People get excited about scoring. I know you're a purist um, where I'm a little more open to making well, some adaptations. That is the game. You know, if you want to score more, you got to play the game. And I'm talking about sacrificing moving guys up over. And since now you have the universal DH, you have uh, like no, virtually no sacrifices in the game now. All right, so you have every guy, and what happens usually when the game goes in extra innings? You know, people just try to slug for the fences anyway. So, okay, by putting him on second base, you know, like uh, maybe you move the guy over, you know, maybe you get a pop fly, sacrifice fly, you know, or you get singles like you saw with the Dodgers and Astros bringing the guy in, you know. And which is completely artificial versus if you're patient, you got to just be patient, play the game, get, just get a hit. Don't try to slug for the fences. Pitcher comes up, sacrifice, move the runner over, put them in scoring position. You get a single in the gap, you bring them in. Boom. That's the game. You win. Well, we live in an Instagram world. And what I mean by that is people want everything instantly. When they don't have, and in the case of Instagram, they don't even necessarily require it to be truthful. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and also we've seen uh, relievers having to face three minimum batters. And that has uh, had some effects in the game, and that's what I saw also with the uh, 
Dodgers and the asterisks, you know? So um, just too many, too many rule manipulations. Oh, and then once the season's about to start, you announce you're going to change the playoff format. Like what else can you just throw in there while you're at it? (laughs) Well, they want to change the players' salaries, as you mentioned with uh, J-Ho and A-Rod. Yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, I think that's completely ironic that he's even making those statements. Oh, uh, yeah, when, it's absolutely when ironic. Here, when he was, uh, you know, when he signed two, like, 200 and something million dollar contracts as a player, establishing salaries, you know, to go up as a player, and he's not even an owner Yet, if he is going to be one with J-Ho, but, I mean, I can't believe he's even saying that. Like, screw him. What are you doing, Rodriguez? Well, it was one thing when he was on the receiving end. It's going to be another thing when he's on the paying end. Yeah, right? And if he gets the Mets, oh, look how it's going for Jeter in, in Miami. You know, imagine uh, Rodriguez in the New York market oh, – as an owner of the Mets and being in complete control. I think that would be the worst thing ever for the Mets. It's not like it's not par for the course when it comes to the Mets. Mm -hmm. So I I think it's going to happen. And speaking of mega deals, Toya, what do you think about the mega deal Mookie Betts received from the Dodgers? 12 years. $365 $365 million extension. Um, can you say Albert Pujols? <laughs> you think it's going to be like Albert Pujols? Yeah, he's just he's, – he's pretty good right now. They got him at an earlier stage than the Angels got Pujols, but he's yeah, going to decline. Yeah, they got Betts in his prime. Yeah, but he's – He's a couple of injuries away from that being a bad deal. And with baseball's um, contracts being guaranteed the way that they are, um, it's a good deal for him. Not necessarily a good deal for the Dodgers. I think it's going to be another Bobby Bonilla deal because I heard they're <laughs> going to be paying him. Mookie Betts will be receiving checks from the Dodgers until he's 52. Wow. There's nothing wrong with that on his end. Good job, Mookie. 52, man. And you know, you know about Bobby Bonilla Day, right? That passed recently? Yes. I didn't realize that the Mookie Betts deal was going to end up being like that, but I am not mad at him. Yeah, Bobby Bonilla is still receiving like a million dollars or something from the Mets every year on a certain date. And he hasn't played since the 1990s, I don't think. No. But I'm, I'm not mad at him either. Go get your so, money. Yeah. And uh, also about the whole outbreak with the Marlins. How do you think that's going to impact the game? MLB insists the game will go on. I think it's going to continue to be fine as long as nobody gets seriously hurt. And then once we have a serious situation where somebody goes on a ventilator – 
all hell's going to break loose in all of the major sports and everything's going to shut down again. Well, yeah, you, you bring up a good point because if somebody gets it bad, you know, it's going to uh, really raise some eyebrows there. And, well, there's going to uh, be a liability for whichever team that person is on. And then once, they, once the other sports and the other teams see what that legal liability is, all hell's going to break loose. You're going to see it's going to be like a uh, jackknifing big rig. It's just going to come to a very messy, quick um, end. And, and that's the thing, you know, like it already happened with the Marlins and a, and a whole bunch of players tested positive. Let's hope nothing, you know, goes on with other teams as far as outbreaks are concerned. Um, the other thing that I'm most concerned about with is if we don't get a vaccine before the NFL season, that one of these teams, especially the Major League Baseball teams, because of the way that they are traveling, is going to end up having a major outbreak and the NFL season is going to be done. And in, in the NFL, there are no more details about what they're going to do. You know, are they going to be like MLB? And have no bubble and just uh, encourage, you know, the players to be prudent in their actions outside the stadium. Well, or are they going to have make... a complete bubble like the NBA is doing, <clears throat> which, you know, your boy, douchebag silver, <laughs> who loves jerseys and loves truck stops <laughs> are, are now professing they have zero positive tests. I think the bubble method is going to be the only way that this is going to work. And right now I heard an interview um, with John Elway where he was saying, these young kids are going to have to figure out where they're going, who they're around because they don't want to bring the virus in. And we've seen even in the NBA bubble that uh, these guys can't stay away from strip clubs. So I really, I I, I don't know which team is going to be first. Um, there's not a player that I can think of that's like a Lawrence Phillips, if you will, that you just know is not going to pay attention to the rules. And um, but somebody's well, gonna, somebody's going to break protocol, bring it to an NFL team, and everything's going to come to a halt. In the NFL, number one, you have a greater chance for what's happening to the Marlins right now of happening. Okay, number two. You can't necessarily put the NFL in a bubble as easily like the, you know, the like easy like the NBA just because of roster with, size. With 53 man rosters. How are you <laughs> going to do that? What location, what area are you going to secure if you're going to go that route? There's no way. So and then you've already have plans of by the Ravens to have 14,000 fans present at their games. That's what the Ravens want to do. You know, so you're you're really risking something because of the sheer amount of players, more numbers of players in the NFL of what's happening to the Marlins right now. Mm -hmm. I agree. But and, again, uh, we're, looking, we're looking really far ahead. Um, no one's come down as being very, very serious yet. But the second we have that first serious issue with Major League Baseball, or I don't, I don't really don't see it happening in the NBA unless somebody goes to another strip club. Um, but 
and you know, one of these other sports has a major issue where somebody goes on a ventilator, it's done for the NFL. You can just stick. And you have a lot of players in the NFL, like the other leagues who've tested positive, you know, like it's the virus has gotten everywhere. So, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens as we approach the NFL season and we don't have a preseason coming up right now. And, uh, you know, either way, and also without having a preseason, how is that going to impact teams and undrafted free agents who have been signed? Well, the Broncos just made a bunch of cuts, so that way they could keep their numbers to a level where they didn't have to maintain two teams and uh, at two locations. So I foresee a lot more cuts a lot earlier just so that way teams can stay within that mandated number of players so they don't have to maintain essentially two separate teams. Uh-huh. And should the NFL season be reduced? I'm hoping not, but I don't have high hopes that it's actually ever going to get started. So you don't think the NFL will get started, huh? No, I just don't think that a lot of these players are taking this seriously enough. And uh, somebody with the MAGA hat on one of the teams is going to bring this whole thing to an end. And you, you have a lot of NFL players coming out now, opting out. So you're going to see the whole same thing like we've seen with MLB and the NBA with, you know, players deciding not to play and some being more vocal than not about why they're opting out, you know. But um, as soon as the Marlins uh, had their outbreak, immediately you have David Price, you know, David Price, who opted out for the Dodgers, start criticizing uh, Rob Scambred on um, social media. That's going to come back to haunt him. But I think he's correct, but it'll come back to haunt him. Why will it haunt David Price for saying that? It's going to end up haunting him because if he makes a mistake, that they're going to crucify him with that mistake. Like what mistake? Something that would lead to a possible suspension or something else down the road. Um, instead of being one or two games, because of that criticism, it's going to end up being 10 or 12 games. There's going to be something small that gets blown up as retribution for those, those tweets. I see what you're saying. You know, Price just has to keep his nose clean and he can uh, speak his mind away. Oh, I'm 100% I don't think, I don't think he feels I don't think he feels uh, worried about that. I definitely don't think he feels worried about it, but I'm just saying he's now put himself in the uh, crosshairs and if if he does make some mistake when he does come back, he's going to pay for it. Mhm. And uh, you know, now since we uh, touched on these players and their comments, you know, like in like David Price and uh, players choosing to opt out in the NFL and a threat to the NFL's season as far as uh, the amount of games, you know, should the NFL readjust their schedule? Not at this moment, but if things continue to get worse, they're going to have to. And should teams like 
the Ravens, who said they've been, they're going to allow 14,000 to attend their games, should teams let fans attend, even if it's in uh, reduced capacity? No, not if they're going to sell alcohol. Well, well, come on. You have to assume they're going to sell alcohol. This is a football game, you know. You have fans. If you're going to have 14,000 fans, you're going to have to let them uh, enjoy the amenities of a game, don't you think? Um, not in this particular case. And also, they would have to not allow any tailgating. Just because as soon as you give people alcohol, their inhibitions go away, and that's going to lead to somebody messing up. So should the Ravens be told by the NFL, Roger Goodell, you cannot have fans attend your games? No, because what's going to end up happening is this, the NFL as a whole is going to have to say, look, our culture behind what makes the game um, so desirable is – prone to uh, work against us with this virus. And if we're going to have a season, we have to be fan-free. And I know the the owners aren't going to like that because they're going to lose parking revenue and they're going to lose um, ticket revenue. But I think that's the more responsible way to go because all it's going to take is one older fan who has too much to drink and then he gets too close to someone with the virus and he dies. And now it's a wrongful death suit against uh, the Ravens. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you have to think that teams that allow fans are going to have some type of uh, maybe waiver for fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying in terms of continuing to pass the virus, it's just it's irresponsible on the part of the league. I, I want to go to SoFi and I want to see the Broncos. But obviously, if the virus is still around, that's not going to happen. Right, and it's not going to happen for fans of any team, you know, especially the Rams and Chargers, to be able to see the games. And yes, I mean, I'm talking about all five fans of the Chargers. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not that much of a difference for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Well, any other thoughts on uh, MLB or the NFL that we touched on? No, I just hope there actually is a season. I'm looking forward to seeing Drew Locke in a full season, but I don't, I don't foresee that happening. All right. Well, I'm just hoping that we get to see NFL number one. I'm hoping the MLB continues number two. And uh, let's see if your boy, Adam Douchebags, or Ziad Love and Silver, his <laughs> plan, bubble plan remains foolproof. And zero pos or zero positive tests continue for those players. All right, but uh, uh-huh. other than that, we still have our who's better segment. Ready? I'm ready. Okay, Montoya. Finally, we're going to do our who's better segment where we decide the better LA player. So, Toya, who's better, Hunter Henry of the Chargers or Tyler Higby of the Rams? Oh, Hunter. Hunter Henry all day, if he can stay healthy. 
Hunter Henry. So that's who you're going with, Hunter Henry. Yes, even with the change of quarterback, he's head and shoulders better than Tyler Higby. The big knock on him is he can't stay healthy. Uh-huh. And uh, you don't have uh, any thoughts about Tyler Higby at all being better? He's a good tight end, but what we're comparing here is like the equivalency of um, Shaq versus, oh, what is his name? Um, a white guy who used to play the center for the Lakers, and he also played uh, Kyle Kuzma. Is that his name? He so looks like Hulk Hogan. Saying a guy on the Lakers that looks like Hulk Hogan. This was a few years ago, the during the first Dwight Howard era, but it was like comparing him to Shaq. That's the difference between the two. Pal Gasol? No, it wasn't Pal Gasol. Oh, give me one moment and I'll get you his name. Hmm. Okay, well, <clears throat> number one, you're going with Hunter Henry over Tyler Higby. Number one. Okay. And number two, I want to say my vote, and I'm not going to go for Hunter Henry. I'm going to go for Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby had a breakout season last year. And he has been injured, but he's not been injured like Henry. Okay. And if you talk or if you think about it, you know, Henry had a decent season last year and he had a couple seasons that were decent. He missed all of 18, you know, that showed flashes leading him to be the one taking over for Antonio Gates. But Antonio Gates still had to come back in 18 because he was injured. Okay, so you, you said it yourself. He does have an injury history, and I don't really like players with injury histories, number one. Number two, Higby, although he's had a couple injuries and he has missed some games, right? Or actually, no, no, no. He hasn't really missed any games despite taking some injuries, okay? He did miss one game last year, but he... That was the only game he missed in his four-year career. And these guys both have been in the league for four years. All right? This is going to be their fifth season for both of them. Okay? So, Higby had a breakout year as a tight end for the Rams last year, despite the Rams struggling last year. He had more receptions, more receiving yards, and... Henry had five touchdowns. Higby did have only three. Okay. Uh, and that's the only category where he really beats Higby. And you know what? Just two touchdowns, only two? I'm still going to go with Tyler Higby being the better LA player. In this case, the better LA tight end. Okay. I'm going to call Higby Robert Sacre because I found him. And I'm going to call Henry Shaq. I'm sorry, I just I just feel that Hunter Henry's a far more talented tight end. He may be more talented, but Higby is showing his talent now more so than Henry. 
And I'm in agreement, he, but we we will see how that changes this season with uh, a quarterback change, a quarterback who's a little more mobile and can make things happen with his feet, which should give uh, Henry, if he's on the field, an opportunity to get open. Yeah, but uh, I still don't think Tyrod Taylor is going to do much, and, and I don't really see him as a mobile quarterback anymore if he was considered a mobile quarterback ever or quick on his feet he look he's so much older now that's gone and higby and god he hasn't he hasn't played before tyrod taylor hasn't played in a couple of years he's going to be fresh he's going to be fresh legged um i'm actually a little bit worried as a broncos fan about tyrod i don't think you have much to be worried about I'm hoping you're right, but we shall see. And I don't think he's going to be starting many games at all. And if the Chargers have a losing record, you're going to have everybody calling for Herbert. I agree Just with that. The same same thing that happened with Goff and uh, what's his name? Case Keenum. Case Keenum. So, we're in deadlock here on who the better LA player is. One vote each. I think you B know? would say it's Hunter. I think B would say it's Hunter Henry, even though he's a Rams fan. We'll see. We'll ask B next time he rejoins us on uh, the roundtable here at RT One Studios. But you can settle. Uh, let's see. I don't know if I don't want to say if you can settle who's better because both of us win with the same guy. But let's get your opinion. How about that? On the last episode, B and I did when you were out with the virus, Toya. Okay. Really quick, who's better, Dwight Howard of the Lakers or Montrez Harrell of the Clippers? Harrell. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. So that makes it basically three to nothing, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I think we all went with Harold. Yeah. Dwight Coward is a coward. And uh, we knew that you were not the biggest fan of uh, D3 plus 9 equals 12. <laughs> no, I am not. I am not at all. Uh huh. All right. So that's it for today, everyone. Thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you have a question you'd like B, Toya, and me to discuss, please let us know and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at LA Sports RT1. Until next time, take care.